This is Mockcast, the best place to catch up on what's going on with Mock Convention 2020. Because the world is waiting for your generation to lead. We all have a role to play in sustaining the greatness of America. Hello and welcome to our second episode of Mockcast, the place to learn everything you've ever wondered about Washington Lee's 27th Mock Convention. I'm your host and the convention's general secretary, Lane Smith. Today we have the absolute pleasure of talking to John Hershinsky, who I will admit is not dressed as nicely as Jimmy Fleck was, <laughs> but he is the head of the political division. So hi, John. Thank you for being with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to talk a little bit more about the political division and uncover some of the mysteries about what we do in Mock Convention. Absolutely. Well, let's get started. John, can you explain to us what exactly the political department does for those of us who are really curious about kind of the magic that goes on? Surely. So the political department is essentially the team charged with the prediction for mock convention. You may know that this apolitical research project is at the core of every single mock convention. Uh, And so we are the team who is tasked with delivering at the actual convention one nomination, one prediction of the nominee, and one complete comprehensive platform for the party out of power. Uh, You may remember in 2016, uh, mock convention correctly predicted Donald Trump to be the Republican nominee for president, even before pundits flirted with the idea that he could be the nominee. And that was the political team doing that. So we have uh, quite a reputation to uphold, but we have a phenomenal staff on our team, and we are excited to head towards MockCon 2020. So as kind of the head of the entire division, can you tell us about your role within the organization, within the department, Mm -hmm. and how you got to be here with your application process? Yeah, so in broad strokes, the political chair is the chief analyst for the organization uh, and for the predictive team at that. So essentially, the political chair only has one job, which is to predict the out-of-power nominee uh, for president of the United States. And from that job, everything else stems from the staff, the directives, everything else. So uh, the political chair is also one of the three tri-chairs of the organization, along with Jimmy Fleck, the general chair, and Elizabeth Thompson, the financial chair. And all three of us were hired in our freshman year for convention night happening until four years later um, by our predecessors. So I was interviewed over the course of three or four rounds by the trustees of the 26th Mock Convention and then finally tapped by the co-political directors of 2016, Kevin Ortiz and Matt Kinnaman. That's awesome. Really a testament to how you're, how you're doing and how you're leading the department. Um, so if you've been watching the news or had a conversation with literally anyone, mm-hmm. you can glean that it's been a bit of a tumultuous political climate right now, to say the <laughs> least. Um, how does MockCon orient itself given this particular political environment? No. I mean, these are very crazy times. I mean, no two days are like the other. Um, and something new is happening every day in the world of politics. So to try to uh, keep mock convention on its path to, you know, accurately predict this nominee in this apolitical research project, we really pride ourselves on being nonpartisan and approaching this from an apolitical standpoint. I know it sounds a little counterintuitive, but the political department tries its best to be non-political. We want to remove the politics out of the process and only look at the information, uh, the cues on the ground, and everything else surrounding what could be shaping up to be the nominee uh, for the Democrats in 2020. Uh, We all have our personal biases, absolutely, but definitely on my team, we are trying to limit the role of those biases in our predictive mission because we owe it to Mon Convention and the legacy of accuracy we are known for. Uh, to continue this type of work. 
Absolutely. So with 57 state shares, that number doesn't exactly equal 1,500. So how would kind of people who are maybe just now hearing about MockCon mm-hmm. get involved in the political department? How would they find their place? Right. So the bulk of that 1,500 number actually comes from student delegates. Uh, now, as we mentioned earlier, our 57 state shares are all in place now. And so the next opportunity students will have to be involved in the convention comes in the fall at the delegates fair. At the delegates fair, uh, the state shares, we were responsible for marketing, recruiting, and tabling for their states so students will be able to join a delegation of their choosing. It doesn't have to be from their home state, but they could choose whatever state they want, including my own native state, New Jersey, so I'd highly recommend anybody to go for the New Jersey delegation. That's not here nor there, but the main thing I want to really say is that delegates in the state delegations are not just research analysts. They can if they want, but the main job of delegates really stems from what they want to get out of the convention. If they want to join a delegation just to design and build a float, absolutely, we need plenty of people in state delegations to do that. If they want to join to help states uh, fundraise for their you know, t-shirts and floats and whatever have you, absolutely, we want that as well. But ultimately, we want students who are very excited for this convention and really want to uh, have a phenomenal Washington League quintessential experience uh, to sign up for these state delegations in the fall. I've been referring to the state delegation members as kind of the hype men and hype women for these states. <laughs> it's a great way to look at it. Yeah, I do try. Um, so the non-political political department mm-hmm. ends up being the biggest department within the convention. Can you walk us through who's on your team, how they all work together, and how y'all are making this prediction once the convention weekend arrives? Right. So I'll start at the end of the question, work way back towards the front. So the way that we're going to wind up doing this prediction is through something I'm calling this time around the Trident Strategy. Trident Strategy. Trident. WNL, Tridents, gotta love it. I like it. So essentially, the Trident strategy revolves around three different legs. We have the national approach, we have the metadata approach, it's something new, I'll delve into that in just a minute, and the local approach. So traditionally, mock conventions have been uh, leading their predictive mission through a national approach and a local approach, and both are extremely necessary to to be able to get this prediction right in the end. So the national approach involves looking at uh, the entire nation from the 30,000-foot view. Right. To determine uh, which states may fall into other ones, otherwise known as sequence of strategy, and what candidates are trying to do to line up one state leading to a victory in another. So, for example, how win- wins in Iowa and New Hampshire could leave- lead into wins into South Carolina, California, and all the other states shortly thereafter. Um, so they are charged looking at the big picture. Then we have the local approach which is spearheaded by our seven regional chairs and our 57 state chairs. And their primary goal is to understand what the uh, situation is on the ground in their specific states, what the experts, including DNC officials and political commentators, are looking at, what journalists are covering in those states, and of course, local polling, fundraising events, and the general hype around a certain candidate within that given state. And again, traditionally, it's only been those two legs delivering the prediction. But as we learned in 2016, big data and numbers plays a very large role in determining who might be the nominee. And so given that, and also given that our mission statement for this time is Unite to Predict, I wanted to take the department in an entirely new direction and try to utilize some of the talents on campus in 
non-traditional fields for mock convention, including the computer science department. So this metadata team is consists of five different computer analysts, and their primary primary goal is to uh, collect data. Uh, demographic data, FEC filing sheets, polling sheets, whatever have you, to save time from the state share so they can focus on their local contacts and local approach, um, and to really congregate all this information into one database for us to use. Uh, now, we plan to leave this database behind for the next convention as well, but we view this as being a core part of our predictive strategy by having all this information on hand for us to use. Um, so, and along with that, uh, the metadata team is also going to build us a predictive model. Now, we're not sure how much stock we're going to put into our predictive model just yet, but it is going to be a core part of our predictive strategy. So, essentially, we have right now 80 analysts ready and willing to delve into whatever we need to look at to get this nominee right. And hopefully, by utilizing this trident strategy of the national approach, the local approach, and the brand new metadata approach, we'll be able to come to a conclusive um, name in February of 2020. So the metadata team will be well acquainted with Twitter by the time 2020 comes around, right? <laughs> I hope so. Oh my God, I hope so too. But most of that stuff is completely over my head, but also totally cool to watch, and I'm really looking forward to what y'all do. Um, so I know it may be centered around the prediction, but what are you most excited about um, for the year leading up to the prediction? <laughs> Well, I want to say getting it right, but that's way too obvious. Right. Um, but I am very excited about expanding the team from our 80 analysts right now to 1,500 students overall. And also, I'm very excited for us to build a comprehensive platform for the Democrats leading up to 2020. Many people know that we do predict the overall nominee, but we also uh, try to write a mock mm -hmm. platform. Uh, for the party out of power. And in fact, in 2016, they sent the mock Republican platform to the actual Republican National Convention, where they said it was one of the best student platforms they've ever seen. So I am very excited to, to, to continue that tradition leading up to 2020. And we have a phenomenal platform team ready and willing to get this thing done. Uh, not a single doubt in my mind that you all do a phenomenal job. Um, so, John, I just have one last question, and I think it's the question you'll probably be getting from everyone from alumni to the people checking you out at Kroger. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> who do you think the candidate is going to be in 2020? I'm sure you've already got it down. <laughs> you know, I wish I knew. Um, if I knew now, my job and life would be a whole lot easier <laughs> over the next year. But I tell you what, if you come back February 15th of 2020, I'll have an answer for you. Great. Count me there. Definitely. Well, I think that's all we have for today. John, thank you so much for being with us and telling us your MockCon story um, and giving us a little insight into the magic that happens in the political department. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.